All right, we're going to begin this episode of BK Talks by going behind the curtain a little bit. <laughs> this is uh, take number four in recording this particular episode. I'm going to try and knock this thing out because uh, it's Monday morning, almost noon. It's about 11.46 at this point. And my plan is actually to get a little workout in and... Uh, get ready for work, do some overtime holiday season and gifts won't buy themselves. Uh, but so I'm gonna try to knock this one out. This is the fourth take. <laughs> All right. So now, now that I've taken you behind the curtain, let me lay out the thing that I want to talk about. And, uh, by now, maybe some of you wrestling fans might've seen it, but it's a video that I'm almost certain will go viral amongst wrestling fans where you have this, uh, Young white boy wearing like a, a red flannel, red and black flannel shirt uh, in the front row watching a match, um, a wrestling match between. Uh, and I didn't know these guys off the jump. So I want to give credit to the person who shared the video because in his he shared the video in one tweet and then shared the people involved plus the company in the next tweet. So I'm, he's the one who knew this stuff. Um but there was a new wave pro wrestling match. Uh, the company is based in Indiana. And the two wrestlers involved were uh, Darius, not Darius Miles, but Don't Die Miles. Darius Miles, I got basketball on the brain. Uh, but Don't Die Miles was a black independent wrestler. And his opponent is Solomon Tupu in this match. Uh, as the video opens, you see that the young boy in a flannel shirt is like shouting encouragement to Miles. Uh, has his arms outstretched almost in the manner that a tag team partner would have if he's standing on the ring apron watching his partner get beat. Um, meanwhile, Miles is like stretching his arms out, but he's also being attacked at the same time by by Tupu. Um, and it's crazy because someone mentioned they, they drew the comparisons like the Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, like the arms, the hands uh, outstretched, clenching and unclenching, and they're both doing it and almost like Miles is drawing power uh, from this kid in the front row. And the kid shouts something like, oh, you're the best. And then the opponent hears it <laughs> and like seizes on it perfectly and says, oh, he's the best. And then grabs him up for like a, a big back suplex. And that was great. The rest of the video, you can see the emotional attachment that this young kid has to, to Miles in this match. Now, going down the thread... Uh, you later find out that Miles won this match and won the New Wave Pro Wrestling, uh, won a New Wave Pro Wrestling title. I don't know if it's the belt, like the sole belt that they have in the company, but he's he has a title belt from New Wave Pro in that picture. So the kid must have been over the moon uh, when that incident happened. I don't think there's any video or it hasn't been shared yet of his reaction to the to the victory, uh, but. This emotional connection, this emotional attachment to our pro wrestlers is something that I try my best to recapture whenever I watch pro wrestling. And it's easier, honestly, when I'm doing it uh, for smaller companies. It's easier when I'm watching smaller companies, um, like the ones that are featured on Fight TV or, or uh, YouTube, uh, like an OVW or reality of wrestling um, or the championship wrestling from Hollywood sister promotions that are in like either uh, Atlanta 
or Memphis or the Arizona. I don't watch that one as much, but, you know, those the companies of that ilk. It's kind of easy to like just buy into it. Uh, SWE Fury in Texas, because you're not really bombarded with the IWC chatter and analysis, paralysis by analysis that we often have for WWE and AEW, the larger, more widely viewed companies. And as such, we probably have a larger proportion of the super duper smart fans trying to analyze it. Um, But when you even on the you following these companies on YouTube and in the comment section, you don't see a lot of IWC type speak. You just see genuine reactions to the stuff that happened, like people happy with the matches or happy with the stories or happy with the characters doing stuff. But you're not seeing a lot of stuff about, hey, this guy needs a push and that guy should be that guy is being buried. None of that. You You just see people reacting. And even better with the YouTube stuff, if you. You're watching the stuff like in the full screen mode. You're not even looking at the comments at all. And if you're watching it on the TV app, you don't see the comments. So you can kind of just buy in and not worry about uh, chatter or commentary because people aren't live tweeting the shows the way that they are for the AEW and WWE programs. And uh, this the essence that these kids have, that this kid have had, uh, the reaction that this kid had is the essence that I think we all need to try to recapture. Because me, myself, if I had to gauge his age, I'm thinking that he couldn't be more than 10 years old. I'm guessing he's like seven or eight, if I had to guess. And I got into wrestling, like, I would say like 1987. I turned five that year. So maybe four or five years old is when I started watching wrestling. And I lived and died with my favorite wrestlers too. I know that it's it's like... Almost unheard of to hear anybody speak of Hulk Hogan or speak his name in any kind of positive light nowadays because Terry Bollea has proven himself to be uh, someone that's not really worthy of any praise. But I, I can't act like I wasn't a Hulkamaniac in my early years as a fan. And I lived and died with his matches, especially the dynamic that was set up there where he's muscular and strong, but the guys that he's taken on are like mammoths and giants and the Hulk Hogan character uh, helped build that investment in kids like myself to the point where we went out and got well we didn't buy it for ourselves but we wanted our parents to buy us lunch boxes and pajamas and bed sheets and action figures and stuff like that and I had all of those as a little black kid in Bed-Stuy Brooklyn New York and you know I just want to mention that but I don't. I also want to make the disclaimer because I know how that, how things like this go. Anytime you mention anything positive about someone who's objectionably terrible, people think it's some kind of an endorsement instead of just listening, and instead of just allowing for the separation of the on-screen character from the person. You know, it becomes this thing where you say anything positive about somebody, even if it's in hindsight, like memories, like your childhood memories, people take that to imply that you're endorsing someone. So I'm going to explicitly say that I'm not endorsing Terry Bollea, uh, just speaking specifically about childhood memories. And uh, someone who's less objectionable uh, and people actually like is Sting. So shortly after becoming a Hulkamaniac, I was also like a big fan of Sting. 
with the blonde hair, the little rat tail, ponytail, and uh, the face paint. Became a big fan of him and his battles against the Horsemen and Muda and it was Flair more specifically and then later on Vader. And same dynamic, man. I lived and died with his matches. You know, early, early stages of my wrestling fandom as a young child. Um, and GWF, the Patriot, you know, I could, I could probably go through all the little companies I saw uh, within the ages of, between the ages of like five and 11. And then, because I'm guessing 11 is like that, or 10 years old is like the breaking point where people start telling you, hey, this, this, this is nonsense, this is fake or whatever. But I can probably name a bunch of wrestlers that I was invested in to where when I'm watching their matches, I'm feeling the same way that this little kid is feeling, <laughs> you know, but Sting and Hogan early on were the two guys that I, that I could say that that big emotional attachment uh, was built around, even though I did like other wrestlers too. And to get back that emotional tie is something that I think every fan needs to do. And it, it, we can probably go a long way by, not really engaging with other fans online during this time, during the time of the matches, uh, and just have your own genuine, legitimate feelings that aren't really influenced by what other people are saying online or getting into arguments with people online about the stuff that's going on. You can just watch these characters and their stories play out the way that we watch. Um, well, me, I, me and my wife, we watch Chicago Med, and we know that none of these guys are doctors <laughs> and um, but we're not thinking about uh, the actors and their relationships with the, with one another off screen or the director or the screenwriters or who's, who's, who, who booked the show, <laughs> as, as uh, people might say with wrestling. We're not thinking about those things consciously. We're just looking at the events uh, that are playing out in front of us on screen. And I think a lot of us would probably do better to do the same thing with professional wrestling as best as we can. And for the fans who no longer derive the enjoyment uh, from pro wrestling, as far as WWE goes, um, you, you always have AEW as a big money, widely available uh, alternative company. Um, since, People talk about alternatives. Uh, they're all they were always alternatives, but in terms of like widely available, that's your that's your your option right there. If you're no longer interested in the stuff that the WWE is putting out, and I mention that because that as of this recording, we're like eight hours away from Raw, and I can all already see what's going to happen tonight. Uh, by like eight o two, you're going to start having people arguing about stuff that happened. Uh, on the show, even the people who say that they don't want to watch WWE or they can't stand the WWE, they're going to be the ones watching tonight and choosing to watch something that they know that they won't enjoy. And they'll be arguing with people who say they enjoy the Raw instead of people just going about their business, finding the stuff that they do get this kind of emotional connection from and diving into it like I mean, there, there are options, man. There are wide, widely available options. A lot of people have subscriptions to um, services that have wrestling content. New Japan has its subscription-based service. Ring of Honor is not really talked about. They have a service. Uh, Fight TV has 
content. I believe stardom has content. A lot of people talk up stardom a lot. So like instead of paying attention to what's going on with Raw, if you if you tapped out, if you no longer feel like you can engage with that, there are things out there that will bring you back to this childlike uh, essence uh, that I think all of us would benefit from trying to recapture. Because this was probably the funnest time in our lives. I mean, some people probably got into wrestling a little later, but I think for the vast majority, people got into it early. You know, maybe before the age of 10. And that's where you start to build your your lifelong relationship with wrestling. You might tune out here and there for a couple of years as you get older because life gets busy. But you come back a lot of times um, because you built these attachments these lifelong attachments to to the characters, to the people involved, and this this feeling that you get when your guy wins, and the pain that you feel when your guy loses, and I think it would be helpful if if we all try to get back there.